0: and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm Les Raymond.
2: And I'm Sarah Raymond.
1: This is the show where we facilitate an environment to empower growth among a community of like-minded individuals who strive to live mindfully, in all aspects of their lives.
2: Today we have Jessie Cates joining us. Hi, Jessie. Hi, guys. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background on Jesse before we hear her inspiring story. Jesse's a yoga teacher, a Lululemon ambassador, a Wonderlust presenter, as well as a wife and a mom. Jesse's company, JFK Yoga, yoga from the heart, is deeply ingrained in the community here in Howard County, Maryland. Jessie teaches a number at a, at a number of different studios in the area, as well as leads teacher trainings. I have taken many of many classes with Jessie, and I believe it is her passion that really sets her apart. She has a beautiful approach to sharing her yoga practice and an eloquent, even poetic voice as she leads her classes. It is the uncovering of what comes beyond the poses that she brings out for students in all of her classes.
0: I
1: agree, Sarah. I've also had the pleasure of taking numerous classes with Jesse. In fact, I have a standing spot in her yin yoga class on Thursday mornings. I wouldn't miss it. Jesse, there are hundreds, maybe even thousands of yoga teachers in our area, and I believe you really stand out. In your opinion, what would you say makes you unique as a yoga teacher? And in your career, what are you most proud of? What's your biggest love in all that you do?
3: Well, gosh, you guys. First of all, thank you. Those are really, really abundantly kind words, Um, and I have had the pleasure of getting to know both of you, and I appreciate the relationships we've been uh, had the chance to build together. And you know, that honestly, I think is the at the heart of what makes my approach or my my impact as a teacher um, as it is is the. At the end of every day, I'm in it to cultivate relationships, and so when I look at it, everything that I do—be it a yoga class, or a conversation, or a business exchange, or whatever—as I look at each thing as an opportunity to cultivate a relationship, it allows me to really tap into something that's authentic. Um, so, really, it's that every day—it's how can I continue to build these relationships with the various students and people that I come encounter that I come in contact with daily. Um, And that keeps me true to authenticity, which is super important. And that keeps the passion flowing with ease as if every day I look at it as, you know, the relationships I'm building. Sure.
2: Yeah. I I would um, agree that your passion really stands out and, it's clear that you're very authentic when you come come across as a teacher, and even just interacting outside of the, the yoga studio. Um, I really have appreciated that about you. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey up until this point. Um, I know that uh, I think you were a drama major. Did I read that correctly? <laughs> yeah, in college I majored in theater, yeah. Okay, So um, looking back, are there any specific moments along your journey that you're really grateful for or any teaching moments that have really helped to guide you on your
3: path? Yeah, there's one that always kind of sticks out, and I tell the story often. Um, You know, I had a different career prior to yoga. I was in corporate sales and worked in restaurants and did, like, event planning, Uh, and that was a very rigorous and toxic and stressful and challenging, never-ending environment. Um, and so after I had my daughter Addison, you know, things moved the way they did. And eventually I just kind of found myself needing something different. And so, you know, yoga entered at the right time. Um, and I was doing yoga for a while and this was not quite yet being a teacher, but just doing it. And it was making a subtle impact as it slowly does. Um, and But there would still be moments where, you know, I would come home and I would be in that yoga state and then something would happen and I would immediately flip back to the kind of heightened reactive person that being in the industry I was in has kind of helped to cultivate. Mm -hmm. And there was one particular day I came home and it was uh, a normal evening, like my husband had put the kid to bed and it was something super simple and I like flipped out at the drop of a hat. And he said to me in that moment, he said, babe, don't take this the wrong way. But I don't think <laughs> yoga's really working. And in that moment, I literally that stopped me dead in my tracks. And I still kind of remembered. you know, people talk about an aha moment. And I definitely can say that that was one I felt that moment kind of ripple through me and his words, even still all these years later, I still remember how it felt when he said that. And There was a moment where I paused and went to lash back out and react and respond to that comment. But for some reason on that particular day, I absorbed it instead of react to it. And I kind of stepped back and was like defeated a little bit, but said to him, and I didn't expect the response I gave him. I said, I think you're right. And so then began, began the journey of why. I must be approaching this practice or missing something, like what's the puzzle piece, what's the part of this journey that promises to make you more aware and more alive, and all of these things that, you know, yoga promises on the surface, like what am I missing, Um, because there is a potential for this to quote unquote work, and calm me down, and bring me into balance, and help me not be so reactive, so that was kind of the pivotal moment where the journey to deeply dive in and really start to uncover some stuff. Um, I think that's the moment it started.
2: That's really great.
1: <laughs> was there ever a time in your life that there was a specific challenge, something uh, that you really had to struggle with? How were you able to recover and, and move forward and, and keep growing?
3: Um, you know, we are, I would say, currently in that phase of life right now. So there haven't been, you know, too many really challenging earth shattering challenges up till then. The normal average stuff of just trying to, you know, pilot being a parent and trying to, you know, work on myself. Um, But I would say now my husband and I are, you know, we've made some choices over the past two years to align more with our heart and everything that we do. Our jobs, our lifestyle, our parenting choices, our friendships, everything. We're trying to just get to the heart of things that are more present and mindful and come from that space. Um, And while we are making choices that inevitably have a really profound overall impact for the quality of life for our family, they're very challenging. Like my husband stepped away from his job. Um, and as a yoga fairy, you know, we don't do this for the financial gain, so, you know, he is a sole provider for for our family, Uh, and he stepped away from that, and we have been struggling to pilot kind of the steps we are making. He is starting up his own company and and making choices that right now have us in a very precarious financial situation, Uh, you know, and you know how much that adds to everyday stresses when there's, you know something big looming over you like that it it makes everything seem like there's a squeeze um so we're piloting that now currently as we you know as we talk is is the most challenging period we've i've been through to date so far in terms Mm -hmm. of just life as a whole and all of the pieces of the puzzle of you know living that life are um currently scary and uncertain and uh
1: Well, I believe in you. I'm betting on you. If you keep pouring your heart into what you do, I'm sure you guys are going to come out the other end in good shape. And I look forward to our follow-up interview next year to see how that uh, is going too. Yeah,
2: that would be great. So it sounds like you and your husband really made a conscious choice together to shift the way that you're living and the way that your choices are being made. Uh, I know that that could potentially cause a rift between us, you know, a couple sure. or it could make them grow stronger. Have you had a significant experience with that?
3: You know, my husband and I have been together for quite a long time now, a good almost 20 years. Um, and we've just been fortunate as we've evolved through dating and marriage and children and, you know, adult life and all of this stuff that we've managed to always continue to grow in the same direction. And in times we will misalign on things, and we've had periods in our marriage and our relationships where we have been what seems like on different pages. And we always just have managed to kind of check back into every day trying to still like each other and still treat each other with respect. And that helps us to stay anchored as we might pilot a difference of opinion or a desire to go on a different path um, than what maybe the other you know, spouse thinks. Always checking back in and making sure that we are coming out of a space of kind of love and tenderness and respect has allowed us to kind of come out of every new bump in the road still intact.
2: Yeah, it's really good advice for people that are trying to live mindfully with a significant other, because I know that that can be quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be on the same page and have the same ideals and, like you said, show respect and kindness to one another, they sound like simple things, but they're, <laughs> they're really <hard. laughs> really important and hard things, right? Yeah. Well, um, so we know that you're a yoga teacher, so I, I think it's fair to assume that you likely practice mindfulness in your life. Yeah. Um, So I'd love to hear your take on what mindfulness means to you and how you really apply it uh, to your life, to your work, to any other areas uh, of your life that, you know, you might use mindfulness in.
3: Sure. Um, You know, it it really is my mantra. Um, And to me, it really is, as it's been evolving and as my study of it and my practice of it has deepened over the past couple of years, to me, mindfulness really is kind of the, the art of living and trying to be able to not so much try to perfect it, because I think that's where lots of us struggle or fall off the path, is we try to literally perfect whatever it is we're working on in any given moment. And as we know, life changes, ebbs and flows, good days, bad days, just like the weather changes. And we forget that that's the journey. And so mindfulness keeps, for me, helping me tap back into the art of letting myself flow through life in a way that is just open and aware. So for me, it's, it kind of ripples through everything, through the way I teach, the way I parent, the way I cook, the way I drive. I try to just not try to perfect it, but I try to just constantly be working it, constantly be living it the best that I can.
1: Great. Hey, Jesse, I'm a big fan of your yin yoga class. Let's talk a little bit more about your passion for get for yin yoga practice and getting it into studios in Howard County. Um, first, maybe you could describe the practice for those listeners who who aren't familiar with it. And as uh, we were prepping for the interview, I saw on your website that you have a goal of bringing yin yoga to more studios in the area. I'd love to hear more about your intentions.
3: That's awesome. Thanks. I am passionate about yin and it's interesting because when i first started it i was not very like not that i wasn't open or receptive to it but um it's a very misunderstood style so yin yoga is the practice of passive release to the deeper layers of connective tissue in the body Um, So it works into this actual skeletal structure and actually opens up the joints in the body by Using long holds of postures that are always kind of seated or lying down To use the body itself to create traction to start to slowly pull apart the layers of deep connective tissues This is stuff like your ligaments the webbing of fascia that holds your entire body together Um, So it's some really deep, juicy work, for sure. And it's the opposite of what everybody thinks uh, about when they go to a yoga class. So it's the kind of more introspective, low-to-the-ground, chill, you know. People oftentimes miss, uh, assume that it's a restorative yoga, um, and it has restorative aspects energetically, but it is definitely, you know, a deep-stretching experience. Uh, for kind of widespread openness for not only the skeleton and the body itself, but uh, that ripples into ultimately kind of the mind and the emotional state and the energetic balance of the body as it's all intertwined in the secret of the connective tissues.
1: Yeah, I could confirm that they are long holds. (laughs) Um, I know it could get intense a little bit. and I think one of the things I enjoy about your class so much is your Your history in theater I think comes out i yeah. mean it's almost yeah. theatrical and poetic the way you guide us through essentially a, a ver- version of meditation to help mm-hmm. get through that process, and I get a lot out of it. I really appreciate it what what are getting back to um bringing in more i guess um making it more understood yeah. or do you have any plans on how you plan on um getting it um uh,
2: out into yeah. the studios in Howard County, sure. more people teaching, more people doing it. Yeah.
3: So you know, I, when when I first got introduced to Yin, it was through my yoga teacher, which is a guy named Johnny Kest, and he's out in Michigan. And I was away studying with him, um, and that was the first time he ev- I ever got introduced to Yin. He happened to do a Yin practice one night in in training. And I had before then always been very, very yang. Like if it's not an arm balance and an upside down thing, <laughs> then it's not yoga to me. It was kind of the way I had piloted yoga before then, very, very physically driven as lots of us do first go into yoga through that doorway marked physical. So mm-hmm. I had experienced this and just in this one class, which is honestly all it takes for yin to get its hooks in you, is one experience of of. Uh, releasing the body in this way that the effects are like they're just they ripple out in a way that's very eerily profound and so I had this experience and I kind of got it from Shavasana and I was like whoa what is going on right now and I was super curious to dive in and explore and so when I came home from that trip I was super excited I had this new type of yoga on my radar that after just one hour was had affected me so much. The after effects of it lasted for days that I needed to know more. I already felt just in that one experience, a deeper sense of calm. There was just a different quality of presence that this one exposure of this style of yoga got me. So I was shocked when I came home to Maryland and I just went online and started Googling in yoga classes and there were none, if not Mm -hmm. like one or two. And you either had to have a membership to get into uh, the facility that had the class, but so it was nowhere. So I came home all excited, momentum kind of got stalled. And I was like, well, what do I do now? So I kept diving in and kind of self-studying the best I could, traveling anytime there were workshops with people that were teaching the deeper side of exploring yin. Um, so I did the best I could to kind of piecemeal my education on what it was and um, And slowly, over the years, began to kind of feel comfortable with understanding what this was. And so it had such a profound impact on me that I said, well, this is something that everyone needs to experience. I'm sure lots of people don't know what it is, as I didn't. And I was a yoga teacher at the time, and I had no idea what it was. So I kind of, uh, the combination of my own personal experience with the journey of yin and my desire to keep uplifting this community and also the void in the community for this area of practice, I kind of saw that this was like my ultimate mission. And so I didn't quite know how to proceed. So I first started by offering, changing some of my vinyasa classes into yin. Um, You know, and at first people were like, oh, no. But then it was like, (laughs) let me just give you, give me an opportunity to like teach you about this. And that impact was overnight. So it started with switching just that class less that you take. That used to be a vinyasa class. And I switched it over, you know, asked the studio owner to just like, let me try this and let's see what kind of response we get. And it was like, it was overnight almost. The word of mouth of you have got to try this style of yoga um, and people's interest in this um, from that one studio was huge. So then there was a desire for more classes. So I started changing over other classes and offering yin a lot more. And then it just kind of blossomed organically from there to the point where everybody was kind of demanding it more and more. And I, you know, balance is essential for my well-being as a teacher to continue to give to my fullest. I need to also chill and rest as well. So, you know, there came a certain point where I couldn't give any more of, what was people were asking for in terms of more classes on the schedule. So I said, okay, well, how can I fill this need, continue to cultivate these relationships, and also maintain balance in my own life? So that's when, like, the idea of, well, the next best thing to me would be teachers that I educate um, with my unique viewpoint. And so I created kind of this first yin yoga immersion, which is a 30-hour program of uh, kind of, looking at, honestly, mindfulness and the art of living life with more presence through the lens of yin yoga, which is kind of my ultimate, like, style or approach to, to, to this practice. So I created a training. I went out on a limb. I said, all right, let me put this out there. Let me see if anybody's interested. And surprisingly, a bunch of teachers were. And so I did last January the first um, yin yoga, like, certification I guess you could call it or training program in the style of yin itself Um, and overnight that allowed me to kind of get a bunch of teachers aware of what the practice was and kind of successfully trained to what it is since it's so misunderstood and then what was
1: the response from the teachers say that again Les what was the response from the teachers? Well,
3: so some of the teachers already had knowledge slightly of it, either from taking classes before or experimenting with, you know, yin videos. Um, but, again, there's not access to it. So it was kind of a, just a dabbling, like toes just barely in the pool um, of yin. So it was kind of an overwhelming response from them just in terms of the gratitude for the knowledge Um the support and love and the encouragement to go out and spread it and share it and to kind of embody this in their own life. Um, and so with that my kind of first training last year, I managed to take this yin from, you know, these about two studios that I was teaching it at and, you know, teach these teachers and then they went on and started going to their studios that they teach at and saying to their studio owners, Hey, let me try teaching this. Let's see if the people are receptive and they have been. And now it's in, uh, almost eight yoga studios in the area where it wasn't last year. And that's just like the just most joyous, uh, thing I think it could possibly happen to see that it's now accessible to people. Um, because we all need this practice, regardless of physical um, capabilities, everyone can take this and should take this and needs this to keep the deeper layers of our body strong. But then the, the you know the implications for what it does for the mind and the emotions and the heart and the spiritual self are just unlike anything I've ever experienced before. So it's getting out there slowly but surely, and that right now, currently doing the second uh, session of it. Got another ten teachers that will hopefully take it and continue to expand it so that it, it, its reach starts to get uh, grander and grander. So this is my, you know, my mission that's that's been paying off so far.
1: Oh, great. When is that next training?
3: So the next training's already started. It just started this past Saturday. And, you know, so far the goal is to do it once a year. But, you know, as the need builds and, you know, maybe the potential to take it to other studios and, you know, other um, states could would be an awesome Continuation of just sharing the practice. Well, keep us posted. We'd be happy to share it out to our listeners and our. Yeah, definitely. That would
2: be that would be great. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love to learn more about that yin practice. Awesome. Uh, So I know you lead both the yin teacher training, and you also work um, with a couple other instructors and do a 200 hour training program as well. correct? Correct. That's awesome. So. Um, Being that you have led a lot of teachers to become teachers and you've mentored a lot of these instructors, uh, if you had to give one piece of advice to our listeners that may be in the trenches of their trainings or they're just finishing and getting started teaching, what what
3: would you tell them? Um, The most important, and this is just honestly from my own experience, is to continue to be a student. That when we finish a training or a certification of some sort, we kind of like just close the book and then just continue to share the knowledge that we have learned. And this is a like living, breathing, evolving thing, us and this practice. And so um, it's to always stay being a student. That's the best advice I can give to keep um, being inspired and to keep growing and learning and, you know, expanding what you offer in a way that continues to help evolve and elevate those that you are lucky to have relationships with. So, keep being the student.
1: That's great. What about those that aren't teachers? What about somebody just starting out their own personal yoga practice? Any Anything to add? Anything different, advice wise?
3: You know, the we tapped on it a little bit earlier that the goal is not and it's not perfection. The goal is not to nail it every time to show up to the mat every time you say you're going to, but to just honestly start to be aware um, of everything, aware of the days that you want to aware of the days that you don't and to just allow yourself to start to be more trusting of the guidance from your body and your heart and, to take each day as it comes and enjoy the moments when you make it to the mat, but also that the practice is living and breathing off of the mat and that there are ways to continue to be mindful without a yoga mat under your feet and there are ways to continue to grow and evolve that can be sprinkled out just through every day. So to not look for perfection, but just to continue to find the, The joy in the growth and the evolving and the learning I think will keep us, you know, invested in the long haul in our ultimate evolution.
1: I know personally something I've gotten out of your class a lot is uh, going there and really not having expectations. Mm -hmm. And I feel very comfortable um, kind of doing what I need to with the pose to be in a good place based on what's going on that day and not make it look like what the person next to me is doing and just not being attached to to any anything any expectation of any sort of what it should be and I I think that you do a great job conveying and communicating uh, through your relationships with your clients of you know that's okay and you know let it be what it's going to be accept it for whatever it is based on what's going on with you that day and don't worry about what you think it might have should have been or there there is no should Mm -hmm.
2: So, all of this is really wonderful advice, and as I said, I think you have a very poetic way of approaching uh, your teachings, and I love them. Right. Um, but I'm curious, um, you talked a lot about how you're going through the struggle with your life right mm-hmm. now. You and your husband are making these choices and decisions, and I'm wondering if there's one thing that you could talk about that you're grateful for today, big, small, anything.
3: Sure. Um, I'm honestly... In, you know, asking me that question today, I think what what resonates is that each new day is a chance to start again. Because, you know, we're not always constantly walking the path to the best of our ability. There are days where doubt consumes us. There are days where um, fear holds us back. There are days where just energetically we don't want to do it anymore. And so, um after every single day, there's always, you know, the period of rest and recovery. We sleep at night and that's like, you know, a long shavasana. And we might have, the day might have been like a really, really hard, butt-kicking vinyasa class might have been how the day went for us. And it might not have gone our way. And, you know, if we're on our yoga mat, we might not have nailed every pose like we had hoped. Or if we're not on our yoga mat, we might not have piloted every conversation or thing that came up in the most mindful and present way. But that every day I lay down and, you know, we do gratitude as a family each night with our kiddo. Um, And we, at bedtime routine, we each say three things that we're grateful for. Um, And, It's always for me just the opportunity to, regardless of how it went, good, bad, indifferent, that each new day is a chance to continue to try and to continue to be and to continue to just, you know, try to find the joy and the enjoyment in the journey, even if it's not as we expected. So that's what I'm the most grateful for right now in life as it's living through me is that each new day there's a new chance. That's
2: beautiful. Well, Jesse, it's really been wonderful getting to know you a little bit more, and you've given given us all so much to learn about. Um, I know our listeners are going to want to find out more about you and what you do and kind of follow you on social media and and what you're doing. So uh, would you let us know what the best way to connect with you is? Yes, awesome,
3: and thanks for offering. So I recognizable um, initials, they are JFK. (laughs) So um, I turned that into all of my um, social media handles because it's easy to remember. So my website is JFKYoga.com. And on there is pre- pretty much the best place to find access to everything. There are links to all my social media sites. I've got Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Again, all JFK Yoga. But then also my schedule and the extra things I'm doing, access to, um, you know, when the next yin trainings are. So my website's the best place for all things, you know, yin and mindfulness and um, social media.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom on the Mindful Movement podcast. We're grateful for you and the time that you took out of your busy life to speak with us. Um, We'll have those links and and resources listed on our show notes for those of you listeners that want to follow up with Jesse. And thank you to our listeners. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Interviews will be published every Wednesday. Meditations published every Monday. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and tell us what you want to hear. We love to hear from our listeners. We hope you will grow with us.